How is it going? Welcome to the Mill Spec Believer podcast, episode 21. Uh, before I get into anything, I just want to point you over to my social media at Mill Spec Believer. Definitely excited to connect with you guys, either on Instagram or on Facebook. Shoot me a message. I love getting messages from you guys and just getting to connect and actually put a face to a name and actually know who's listening on the other end of this podcast. Um, so we can be a mutual encouragement to each other, um, as we attempt to be bold in our faith. So that's the whole goal of this podcast. If you're new around here, uh, that's what we're trying to do. We're not perfect at it. We mess up often consistently, but, uh, that's the goal. So trying to be bold in our squadron, in our workplace, um, cause that's what God has called us to do as Christians. So let's get into it. Today we're talking about uh, tactical versus strategic mindset. So up front, I'll throw this out there. If you're not in the military or if you have no idea what I'm talking about when I throw out those two terms, uh, don't worry. I'll break it down for you guys. Um, so don't turn off the podcast and think you're not going to know what's going on. So tactical mindset just kind of is a little bit lower echelon, uh, a lower level uh, viewpoint, whereas strategic is going to be kind of more overarching. Think about uh, a tactical mindset being a dude on the ground who's uh, in a firefight, whereas the strategic is uh, the dude planning uh, where to send soldiers for a war. You know, like super simple, if I can just make it super simple. That was probably a poor example, but whatever. Um, you kind of get the picture. Um, small viewpoint to higher scale viewpoint when we start talking tactical to strategic. So to kind of get into it, what what's my background in, in these viewpoints? Uh, so I, I really love the TACP community, um, and I really love what I've gotten out of it as a TACP officer because I've kind of, I'm just now starting to creep into some of the strategic mindset stuff. I've been kind of more on the tactical end for the majority of my career, and I'm just starting to kind of turn that page to start thinking more strategically. Um, so just to kind of talk through that, day one, as a TACP officer, everything thrown at you is a tactical environment. Um, you, you're one of the dudes. You're going through the same training pipeline as every other enlisted TACP, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, the TACP officer career field didn't used to exist. Um, it used to just be pilots that would come over with the enlisted TACPs and be the officer and kind of be their dad, but they were really crappy dads. They didn't do a good job. Um, and so the, the TACP officer career field was born, and the enlisted guys really uh, fought for that to be a thing so that they could have um, people who were credible, who knew what was going on, and who could take care of them the right way. So number one thing for why the TACP officer is getting that tactical viewpoint up front is credibility. Um, so I went through the same training pipeline, like I said, as all the enlisted guys. And that's what the enlisted guys wanted. They wanted me to go through the same thing they did. So you are immediately able to cut through any speculation that you don't deserve to be there. Some people slip through the cracks. That, that's going to be a part of any organization in life. There, there's usually going to end up being at least one or two people that um, you don't think should be there. But either way, for the most part, you're left with a bunch of 
uh, awesome, like-minded individuals, awesome people to work with. But what's the second reason uh, they want those TACPs to get that tactical experience? Well, knowledge. Eventually, like I said, as the officer, you're going to be making lots of decisions that could impact individual lives. Shoot, it could it could potentially impact the entire career field. So how can you as a TACP officer make a good decision on behalf of that career field if you haven't worked up from the bottom, um, from that tactical viewpoint into the strategic viewpoint? And, and that's the goal. That's the goal for officers in this career field is at least lieutenant through captain, make, make them JTACs, joint terminal attack controllers, um, so that they can have the same base skills as the enlisted guys, um, gives them a few years to become experts at that tactical level. Uh, so that way, when you bring them up to the strategic level, you know, they are able to understand and make decisions accordingly. Some people like staying on the tactical side forever. Um, in my opinion, growth is good. Not that you can't grow on the tactical side forever, but I appreciate new challenges and uh, to push myself in areas that are that I'm unfamiliar with. Uh, I'd love to drop bombs as a TACP forever, and thankfully in, in the Guard, we have Lieutenant Colonel still dropping on the range, staying somewhat proficient, so there's definitely avenues to do it. But the main focus on a day-to-day basis, whether you're deployed or not, as a TACP officer is to enable those guys at the tactical level by putting them in positions... Um, to be most effective, most lethal, and most trained dudes in the Air Force. To me, like that's an awesome mission. I don't get bummed out as I slowly transition to more of the strategic mindset. Uh, I think that's super awesome. I think that's cool. And uh, if I can position dudes to um, go crush it, like mission complete for me, that's awesome. Uh, I'm pumped. So... Tactical to strategic. Hopefully that kind of made sense. Uh, all all the, the point I'm trying to nail home with that is there's a shift in your mindset. At some point, as a TACP officer, you, you are uh, pulling back the reins on your tactical involvement and you start transitioning to this strategic viewpoint. Um, and it, it's not all at once. It's, it's you grow and you're learning and you're consistently adding tools to your toolkit and then eventually you transition those tools to apply it to the strategic realm. So why am I talking about this? Um, I promise there's a reason. I'm not just trying to bore you guys with random uh, military jargon. So here's my question. Is there a tactical or strategic mindset in the Christian walk? Or let, let me phrase this another way. Is there a shift in the mindset that should occur in the Christian walk. So, you know, you, you become a Christian day one. What does it look like on day 100 or day, you know, year, whatever? Um, what does the shift look like? Is there a shift? Let me answer this question um, by kind of a little story time. So going back to high school, early college, uh, I, would, I would say I was a Christian Uh, but I truly didn't understand the beauty of the gospel to the fullest extent. Uh, What do I mean by that? Uh, I believed in Jesus. I believed he died for my sins, for my salvation. Uh, 
but I immediately was then thrust into this mindset that I had to perform in order to maintain my Christianity. I had to go to church. I had to uh, stay in the word. I needed to be in prayer. And if I wasn't doing those things, then I was going to fall off the Christian bandwagon. Um, it wasn't until I was at a gospel-centered church in college. Um, what do I mean by gospel-centered church? So um, there's a lot of churches out there, guys. So many churches, uh, which is pretty scary um, as you start thinking about a few of the different agendas that are being pushed. But to find a truly gospel-centered church, like I'm not talking denominations right now, like you can find a gospel-centered church in a number of denominations, but a gospel-centered church is a church that is looking to Jesus Christ purely and is looking to his word purely. Um, if you can find a gospel-centered church, then you need to get rooted into it so that you can grow. Um, but I found this gospel-centered church in college, and someone sat down with me, and they, they really helped me understand what the gospel was and that I needed it daily. Not purely at a moment of salvation, but daily. If we look at Romans 5, verses 1 through 5, this is Paul speaking to the Roman church. He says, Therefore we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot to unpack. Um, hopefully you guys didn't doze off in the middle of that. That is such an encouraging set of verses there. Uh, so we look at the first part. We have been justified by faith, period, period dot. We are saved because we are trusting in God for our salvation, not due to works, but because we trust in God for our salvation. So that's the first verse. Um, through him, we have obtained access by faith into this grace, you know, so just solidifying what I just said. Um, but as we get further down into the verse, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. It's not now you're saved, now you're perfect, now move on being perfect. <laughs> That's not the end of the verse. It talks about endurance. It talks about not being put to shame because we still have hope. Um, and it talks about the work God is still doing in our hearts. And and that's important, guys, because I really was under the mindset when I became a Christian, like, it, I might not have said this, but I was like, dude, like, I'm struggling to maintain these things. Um, and I was I was honestly scared. I was scared for my salvation. I was like, uh, I'm gonna, I better do these things so, so that I can not fall off the bandwagon, as I said earlier, but... I'd also fall into seasons of the opposite of that, where I was like, dude, I am crushing this. <laughs> I am going to church. I, I've been in the word, but really it was just a bunch of legalism 
Um, I wasn't getting anything out of my time in the word. Um, I was just, you know, opening it up to say I did it. Um, so we have this freedom to where we just because we're saved doesn't mean we're, we are perfect. We still mess up. Um, we have grace daily. We need God's grace and gospel daily as we continue to operate this life. Um, so the inclination with that or the direction that some people go is, well, if I always have grace, then I can do whatever I want and I'll have grace. And Paul, Paul literally addresses this the next chapter, Romans 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? So there's a difference right there. He clarifies, if you are an unbeliever, you are living in sin. Once you become a believer and those those chains of sin are broken, do you still sin? Yes. Do you still mess up? Yes. But are you living in sin? No. You have the hope of Christ, you have the gospel in your heart, and you are not chained to that sin. So do you still sin? Yeah, you still mess up. We are being sanctified. We are still being made new and being made holy um, through a long, enduring process. And in the midst of that, we still mess up. But wow, guys, like so encouraging because I was so wrapped up in, in trying to perform that I just was, I was failing consistently because I just, there, there was no hope for me in that, but it was so beautiful, so freeing and so encouraging, uh, and honestly more motivating after kind of seeing that he, that the gospel is given to me daily. It just made the cross that much bigger. The cross seems so much bigger and so much more beautiful when we realize the freedom we have in Christ. Christ paid it all. He didn't just pay up until your salvation, but for your entire life. Um, and that's that's awesome, guys. So what does this strategic or tactical mindset shift look like? So I'd say as you go through your days, as you get older and older and more and more sanctified in your faith, I think the cross gets bigger, period. Like that's the biggest change. Are you being made more holy? Yes, I believe God is working on your heart. He is stripping you of um, sins, but you're still going to have struggles until the day you die. We, You will not be glorified and in a holy, perfect state until you're in heaven. Um, and until that day, you're going to have struggles. But the cross gets bigger. Um, and how do I mean that? Well, on top of everything else I just said, like, the intricacies of your sins really come out. I think the longer you're you're around, it, it's no longer you're looking at these huge sins, saying, "Well, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Yep, I'm good there." Like you're you're so much more exposed. I feel like the more sanctified you become, uh, your eyes are more opened to your sins, and you're like, "Whoa, man!" Like I might not be struggling with this, but man, there's a lot of pride actually in this that I'm, I am struggling with. And your, your sins shift more to the details, which honestly can be even seem even bigger than some of those, uh, those name brand sins that are usually thrown around. So 
I hope you guys are encouraged by that. As you go through your week, as you go through your day, look to the gospel daily, and that is going to empower you so much to go be bold in your faith because it is going to overflow you. It is going to outpour from you. And how can you not talk about that? If, if you're so stoked on that, it's going to automatically flow out of your mouth into your conversations and give you opportunities to be bold and take those opportunities when they come because they will take them. And uh, I'll be praying for you guys. Crush it. Have a good week, y'all. See ya.